folks, and welcome to another episode of the Snowy's Camping Show. You are here with Ben and Lauren on this lovely Monday morning. How are you, Ben? I'm good. How are you? Now, uh, good. There's a couple of things I want to say. <laughs> Just ignored me. <laughs> Sorry. It's a good start to the episode. <laughs> it's a bit chore, you know. Uh, so what, you- ignoring me? <laughs> <laughs> We're off topic already. You haven't even done the intro. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening to your podcast um, or whether you're on YouTube and you're also watching us probably make a balls of this episode already. <laughs> now, um, most of you listening today are probably hoping that you will be hearing the dulcet tones of Harry Fisher, but you won't be because today we're talking about something nowhere near as exciting but ground sheets. But not to worry, Harry will be coming up soon. That was so, a fun episode. Don't, yeah, that was really fun. So don't be too mad. But, you know, I always say things like, oh, when we did that 10-peg episode, you know, oh, my God, it's yep. so boring and whatever. And But today we're talking ground sheets, as I've just said, and I'm trying not to poo-poo the episode before we get, get started. But you have. You've been walking around <laughs> going, oh, this is ground sheets, really boring. We just wanted a topic to talk about. Well, but- I guess – as most people would already know about me, I'm fairly opinionated and the opinions that I do have are pretty strong, rightly or wrongly. I'm always open to other people's thoughts on things and I have, whilst my own personal opinions or, or, or yeah, whilst my own personal opinions haven't necessarily changed, I have heard arguments for things or other people's perspective on things that have made me think differently about it, right? I must admit you said in the office earlier and made everyone stand up with the words that come out of your mouth where I usually don't have an opinion and everyone stood up and went, that (laughs) what? Did Lauren say that? But then you finished it with saying, unless it's well-researched and then we all relax back into our chair. Correct. What do you mean Lauren doesn't have an opinion? Unless she knows a lot about it. Okay. So my opinion is like who needs a ground sheet? Seriously. Mm And that, but that opinion has come from pretty much camping my entire life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm 36 years old and I've never used a ground sheet. And we've camped in all sorts of environments, in all weathers, in all conditions, never used a ground sheet, with the exception of a super lightweight hiking tent, I think once on a trip. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I never use them. And so well, I often think when people ask about them, why? You don't need them. What's the big deal? It's just more money and it's an extra thing in your camp kit that you just, that's unnecessary. So when you say you've never used a ground sheet, what sort of, uh, you're like, you've got your van, so you mm-hmm. don't even need a ground sheet or something to cover the ground under your awning to walk on if you want to protect from muddy ground or whatever, yep. but using a, a, a tent, like what have you never. never used it? And what sort of floor? No, like I've always used a tent, but I've yep. never used a ground sheet. And all sorts of flooring on that tent? Types yeah, of like I think um, we used to have one of the old, uh, the Coleman, the 12CV, Montana, 12CV. Oh, yeah. And before that we had some sort of dome tent. I had dome tents growing up. We've had um, like those canvas what do I used to call Legionnaire's tent, which are those triangular pyramid-looking touring tents. Oh, yep. Um, grew up with those. So they've all got – the ones you're talking about have all got reasonably heavy-duty floors, either mm. that crinkly tarp um, polyethylene yeah. material or uh, heavier PVC um, sort of flooring on it. And how, yeah. are, how are the floors on those tents? Are they – because I guess what people – Well, I, we've, not, we've got swaggers as well and they're, okay. they're that like woven tarp-looking material. Mm-hmm. And obviously when I was growing up there was nothing fancy or crazy out there. Yep. 
in terms of flooring materials. And what? How how are the flooring materials in those tents now? Uh, over the years, do they are they still think perform? They're fine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, the like the tent that um, I recently just inherited a tent from my uncle, which was a tent that I used to sleep in when I was three or four mm-hmm. with my parents. And then he inherited it and now I've inherited it because it's almost threadbare as a tent, it's canvas. So we've mm-hmm. just got it for the kids in the backyard and whatever. And the floor's fine. There's a couple yeah. of patches on there maybe, but we're talking like more than 30 years old, never had yep. a ground sheet under it. So the question I guess we're asking is do you need one? And I think, yeah. well, you're you're of the no opinion. I, I think you said earlier you I'm, always I'm win. I'm open, you're, but you're, I, I'm just I'm a no person personally. Okay, yeah, but you want to win this debate. That's what you said before. You always win the debates. <laughs> But I've never actually. <laughs> you never always bring in. up private things that I say in the office that you, you isn't necessary. Like you to- obviously, I don't necessarily want to win this debate. <laughs> it, I guess, it's just more of one of those things where I don't think I'm going to change my mind, but I'm happy for people to try because I always well, want to learn new perspectives and learn new things, and you know, but, um, I am open to changing. <laughs> <laughs> I've never gone in thinking I'm ever going to change your mind, but I'm happy to challenge it. But yeah, totally. Uh, but the question is, do you need one? I think you're. I think we're. To be honest, I think we're probably both on the same, on the same wavelength here. I don't think you need one. Okay. Um, I think there's a lot of use cases for it, and there's a lot of it depends. Um, mm-hmm. The primary thing is to protect the tent floor. So people spend quite a bit of money on some tents, and probably the bit that gets the most wear is the floor. Um, with the exception of the fly sheet that sits out in the UV for a long time, that, that can be probably more damaging than mm. a lot of grounds that you're going to camp on. But in terms of protecting the floor, it really just needs to be protected in the high traffic area mm-hmm. because for the most part, your tent floor has got mats and things in it that you're not going to walk on. You're sleeping on it yeah. and it's not doing much to, to the floor on the ground. It's just it's soft. Mm-hmm. If you're on grass, it's even less um, less of an issue. So I think you only really need to protect the tent floor, and I use it to protect the tent floor just inside the door where you okay. might step in, take some shoes off, and you're walking over that walking bit all the time. Walking over all the time, putting it's, a lot of weight there yeah, if you're hopping right. from one foot. Yeah. yeah, particularly and mainly if you're on particularly hard ground. So mm-hmm. we're talking outback Australia. If you're um, camping in a lot of vehicle-based campsites that might be gravel, mm-hmm. they can be quite harsh on the floor. So mm-hmm. you probably do need some protection at the tent, at, at the doorway if you want to carry that, but you're still going to get a long life out of a lot of the flooring without having that there anyway. Mm-hmm. That's my take on yeah. protecting the floor. I mean, they do – I know that there are sort of some arguments as well um, – in the sense that not only do they protect your floor from wear and tear, but when you're packing up, it can make it easier because your tent floor might not be as wet or it might not be as dirty or, or dusty or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think from a convenience perspective, that might appeal to some people. For me, I've always just had a dustpan and brush just tucked in a corner of the car somewhere. And when you pack up, you just get your brush out and you brush it down. You fold your tent, you brush it off a bit. You fold your mm-hmm. tent, brush it off a bit. You know, like for me, that's not a big deal. And that side of things, I also sort of appreciate the ritual of that, a, 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 I guess, a bit because um, – it also gives you an extra element where you do need to pay attention to your floor. So you're like, oh, look, if there's a little spot there, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just like that ritual. But for some people maybe that's not appealing. Um, but then I think if you're packing up your tent, 
and it's and it's drier and it's cleaner, then you've just got your ground sheet, which is as muddy or as dirty yeah. or as wet or as whatever as your tent would have been. So now you just have two things that you have to pack up. Yeah. And two things that have to be cleaned, although one may be less than the other. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no right or wrong again. But I, if it's really muddy, I use a ground sheet so that my tent stays dryish. Yeah. Packed away. And then that ground sheet just goes in like my wheel bag. And okay. I don't need to clean it up or anything. It just so stays. So it's not muddy. even something you bother with. Not even yeah, it's just yeah. the it's just a dirty wet thing that goes out first mm-hmm. and the tent stays reasonably okay. clean then. So but yeah, I'm carrying something extra. Yeah. I mean also when I'm talking about ground sheets as not necessarily being something you need, I'm talking more specifically for under your tents and things like that. Whereas I do see and appreciate value of them being used in annex, like as an annex mat or or Mm -hmm. things like that. I I think there's definitely a stronger argument for them there. But I do know that sometimes having a ground sheet can improve condensation and whether or not – I don't know whether or not it's equally so with the mesh as it is with, say, a solid tarp, but it can sort of limit the amount of moisture that rises up from the ground and therefore, you know, can, especially in your annex space, um, if you've got your annex set up and your kitchen stuff and everything and then in the morning you wake up and everything's wet because it's dripping off your your veranda, Mm. if you have a ground sheet, sometimes that can help. Um, yeah, okay. Improve I've, that situation. That's not something I've ever actually thought of. I've mm. used a mesh ground sheet, but I guess that if, especially if it's a partially enclosed yeah. annex or awning on the front of your tent, and I guess it makes sense that a, a non-water permeable um, layer on the ground is going to stop yeah. that moisture coming up. Yeah. Because predominantly, I guess we're talking ground sheets. We're talking mainly about the thing that goes, whether you need that thing that goes between your tent floor and mm-hmm. the ground, mm-hmm. but the same thing can be used to cover the floor in an annex or an awning as well. Um, and having, I get, sorry, go. No, you're right, no, you're I was right. going to say, having said all of that, a caveat probably is that depending on the style of camping that you do, some campgrounds and caravan parks, it's a requirement if you have a tent for you to have a ground sheet. Mm-hmm. And it has to be a permeable ground sheet, like a shade mm-hmm. cloth, mm-hmm. because it prevents the grass, grassed areas in their caravan park from dying off, especially if you're camping for a week or something like that. Yep. Um, and I think it's something to do with having like that airflow barrier between your tent and and the grass. Okay. So that somehow the grass can still expirate and there's a, a certain element of airflow there. Yeah, okay. Which allows it to not completely die. Yeah, I don't of, know about the science of that. I'm not though. sure. A lot of them now do just have a pad with a permanently pinned out ground sheet that you yeah. set your tent or, yeah, or caravan up on. So I think well, it is just to make the grounds easier to maintain because otherwise they yeah. end up with dead patches of grass. And those, if in the busy season, that grass probably sees a couple of hours of sunlight if it's lucky a day because one person packs up and leaves, the next person comes in and yeah, sets totally. up and it's just and it's on the same spot and the grass just dies. Yeah, completely. So. Good segue there into different types mm-hmm. of ground sheet. You mentioned mesh. I quite like a mesh ground sheet both for under the, the tent or the doorway of the tent mm-hmm. and then extends out into the awning. I have an Oztent RV um, and that has a ground sheet that goes right to the back. Do you have the, the RV specific ground sheet? I do, yeah. Yep. I don't think you need that. Mm-hmm. It's It's specific to the RV but at the end of the day it's a large rectangle of mesh ground sheet that's bound around the edges, looks nice, it's durable, does what it's supposed to do, but it's just cut to the same footprint. Mm. 
as the tent. So it goes from the back edge of the tent to the front edge of the awning. Mm. Could achieve the same thing with, I could probably carry less, I suppose, if I got one that was, say, two-thirds that length, cover the doorway at the front because we mm. just have a little bit at the front that we step onto and then it's just mats to the back of the tent. Yeah. So most of that ground shit is sitting there not doing much because it's a heavy-duty PVC floor. It's not going to increase the waterproofness of a PVC floor because it's already bomb-proof in terms of how waterproof yeah. it is anyway. So in, in a, it's essentially extra fabric, that, like you said earlier, I'm carrying that I probably don't need. Mm. So I really just need something to cover the awning, mm-hmm. which I think was good because we went through dusty conditions, wet conditions and everything, and you put that down, it creates a dry space um, just outside your tent door. You're not stepping straight onto wet grass or dirt or anything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just to sneak under the door a little bit so that where we tread protects the floor a bit. Yeah. There's still a PVC floor, so it's going to get tons and tons of life out of that anyway. So, yeah. I like the mesh ones. So, yeah, you do have that mesh and shade cluster and you do – you can use like solid tarps and stuff. And generally those ground sheets, whether it's a solid tarp or a mesh um, shade cloth style, will come in – a, I'm just looking at you and like totally off topic here, but I'm we had confused. a bit of a party in the office um, earlier this morning for someone who's going on uh, maternity leave yep. and Ben brought in a pack of tubes, um, tubes. which I've never eaten never before. Had There's three people here that have never had tubes. Anyway, and so Can't he's like, it. if you eat these tubes, they'll make the top of your mouth feel a bit funny. All and right. so I'm talking and I'm looking at Ben and I'm just like, the top of my mouth is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> because I've never had a tube and I smashed them and they're delicious. Anyway. I hope some left. I've got another bag in my car anyway. So, um, yeah, so those generic – and I'm, I'm wondering if it's making me talk funny too. I thought you were looking at me because I was looking confused, but I'm just no. thinking I, I think I started on one topic and finished on another in the last sentence I talked about. But Maybe, let's but that's just, okay. Let's just reset and keep going. Um, yeah, so they all come in various shapes and sizes, which is good because it gives you a couple of different options depending on what your actual setup is um, to determine what size you want. But then like you've just mentioned for your RV tent, you can also get footprints, which are ground sheets, which are usually mesh. I don't think I've ever seen a solid footprint not for a hiking tent. I think all uh, of the for sort a of – camping tent. Like like for a, hiking tents are Hiking tents are solid, aren't solid they? Solid usually for – that increases – supposedly increases the waterproofness of, yeah, right. of okay. the tent, but that's with the caveat that it's fit properly and you don't get water seeping in between the ground sheet of and course. the tent, so there's always yeah, a trade-off. Yeah. But most camping ones are the mesh, and mesh, I, think, yeah. I think the benefit of that is for the most part dust and stuff falls through uh, to the ground underneath and keeps the area reasonably clean and tidy, mm. um, Whereas, and they're not as crinkly. Like a, a solid tarp is quite crinkly to walk on. If mm. you spill something on it, that stays there and you haven't mm. kind of cleaned it up, whereas a, a mesh one's probably a bit easier to manage. If your kids spill their drink, it's just a wet yeah. patch and then it dries out and, and it's, it's done with. Totally. Um, but, yeah, so those footprints usually will match um, the shape of your tent and will often also include any vestibule or annexed areas, mm-hmm. um, and that can be quite beneficial. So I know the the Black Wolf do their turbo ground sheets for all of their different tents. Mm-hmm. Um, the Austen RV do them that cover the RX as well. Um, the Coleman tents do them as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously the Colemans don't have massive vestibule areas, but they do have on their footprints a tiny little sort of – uh, bit that covers just in just front of the, the door, bit, I think. Yeah. Just enough to put your shoes on or step on before you go into the tent. Yeah. And so the benefit of those, as we're sort of moving on to the next bit of, of what size ground sheet you should get, the benefit of those footprints is that because they match 
the footprint of your entire tent space and, mm. and awning space, you don't have to worry about where you're pegging your pegs or where you're pegging your guy ropes or whether or not, you know, a generic sized ground sheet is going to become a problem there. Yeah. So that is the advantage. Yeah, I think people do expect it to fit exactly. It's never quite exact that, you know, the, the mm. peg points don't always line up with the tent and the ground sheet. But for the most part, yeah, it, you can just put it down. You don't even have to peg the ground sheet out. You put the tent on top because the yeah. tent holds it in place and you set the tent up as normal so you can't see it. The other benefit of that is it doesn't stick out the edge. So if you do get rain and you're using a solid ground sheet, um, when that the, the solid ground sheet stick out the side, the rain runs down, it hits the ground sheet and can run under the tent. Yeah. If your tent's floor's you basically really just have a little okay. pond underneath Otherwise you kind of get this yeah. waterbed thing going on. So mm-hmm. it's ideal to kind of have the, the ground sheet sort of to the edge or just tucked inside the edge a bit so you can't mm-hmm. really see it. But um, So that's the benefit of the ones that are cut specific yeah. to, the, to, the, um, to the floor. But you can pay a lot of extra just to have it cut to the, <clears throat> to the um, excuse me, to the shape or the footprint of your tent. Yeah. And you can put like, the other ones we mentioned here, both the solid and the mesh, they come in all different shapes and sizes and it's really- Some of them are like, like 20 bucks. Yeah, they're cheap as. Yeah. And I, I swear I had a look through a heap of questions on, on some of this before this episode and I reckon one of the most common questions we get for tents is what ground sheet What is size best. ground sheet is best? And there is no- yeah. like the There's best, no answer. The best is the footprint. Assuming mm-hmm. you're happy just to have the footprint within the boundaries of the mm-hmm. tent. But if you say, you know, I want to use the side of the tent, I want ground sheet out there as well. Correct. Then get two ground sheets, one, two, whatever, put them together so it covers the space you want to use inside and outside the tent. Yeah. If you don't want your your annex to have a ground sheet on it, get one that's small enough just to go under the tent or the floor. There's no right or wrong there. There's no right or wrong and I agree. I reckon the most common question that I get of anything is, what size ground sheet should I get? And Mm. my answer always is depends what area you want covered. Yeah. And so it's like I can't tell you what size ground sheet you want to get. And I want um and sometimes I think potentially people are going for a ground sheet because they've seen other people have them or they see it listed as a product online and they think that they need it. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're wanting to pick a ground sheet and you're wanting to know what size you get, ask yourself why you actually want it. Mm. Like why do you want your ground sheet? Is it just to protect the floor of your tent? Um then in which case measure the floor of your tent or look at the specifications and find out the size of the floor of your tent, get one as close as possible to that as you can. If yep. you want it to cover some of your living area, think about how much space that you want of your living area covered and then go from there. Yep. So um, if you've got yeah. a gazebo in front of your tent, you want to cover the tent and the gazebo, get one or two long ones to cover all of that. That's right. And it's never going to probably match up exactly, but just have a think about where your bedding is, the bits okay. you're not going to walk on. And just move move the, the ground sheet out from underneath those spots because the tent's not gonna the tent floor isn't gonna need the protection where you're just yeah. lying on a mat. I mean, the other thing is you might want your annex space covered and you want your tent covered, but you don't want this huge, big, giant ground sheet that covers you know twenty meter square or whatever because yeah. your annex area is different to your footprint of your tent and what have you. Just get two smaller ones, yeah. you know, just get one that will fit as close as possible to under your tent or swag mm-hmm. or whatever and then just get another one for your living space. There's there's totally – there's no right or wrong way about it. It's yep. just figuring out what sort of space that you want covered. I and I was – no, you go. I was going to say also think about how you might use the ground sheet as a second 
um, for a second use for the ground sheet. Mm-hmm. If you want to create a shelter, like a tarp shelter to be under on a sunny day or um, use it as a windbreak, then consider the the size of the uh, tarp you get to yeah. both go underneath or in your awning, but also in the instance of a, sh- a shade shelter or, or a windbreak when you need it. So Yeah, for yeah. sure, definitely. And I think you can even, it doesn't matter if it's solid or mesh, you can have a double use for that. You know, mm. like a, sh- a shade cloth, if you wanted to set it up like a tarp shelter, it's still going to give you shade. Yeah, um, it's you quite know, often cooler because it breathes. Correct, so, and yeah. um, it's still going to be a, a good windbreak in the sense that you'll still let air through. So it probably might even be a better windbreak in a lot of situations because yeah. you don't have so much stress on it, like a big sail on a ship. There's still air moving through. It's quieter. Um, quieter. It's but it's not going to. Um, yeah, you still get breeze, but you're not going to. Do you know what I mean? It slows yeah. down the wind. We did talk about some of those other options in some other episodes. We won't go into too much detail, but I think I noted down a few quick ones. Episode eight, wind and rain when camping. I think we talked about building wind shelters there. Episode 38, shelters for summer. And also episode 59, we went into um, tarp shelters, which are um, yeah. popular, our most popular sort of yeah. options. So have a think about that too because totally. a tarp shelter is a really versatile thing. If you can double up with your ground sheet and your tarp shelter with one tarp or one mesh ground sheet, then it's two birds with one stone. For sure. And I think that um, – having more than one ground sheet of varying different sizes gives you a lot of flexibility. If you get to a particular campsite and you want to set up a little bit differently to how you set up before, you've got room to move there. Mm. Only probably, as we mentioned before, if you get a footprint that fits your tent and annex area or whatever, like perfectly, if you're getting a generic one, sometimes that can require you to peg through your ground sheet, especially with I've seen setups like a four-person tent, for example, but a massive ground sheet because they want to put their tent there and they want to have a almost like a moat around their whole tent where where it's covered with annex matting or ground sheet or whatever, which is is great because that, you know, that's that set up for that person. But what that requires is for you to peg through your ground sheet. Yep. And sometimes depending on the kind of ground sheet you've got, it can lead, it can damage it it or it can deteriorate over time. So in those sorts of situations, I would probably consider getting a ground sheet that's bigger, but that ultimately means you're going to set it up in in the same or a very similar way every time. And then you can just get eyelets, little eyelet rivet things. And where you know your peg point is, just put an eyelet in because that protects the material. It's going to stop it from degrading. You know where your pegs are going to be. It's going to help orient your tent, set it up, all that sort of jazz. Um, Whereas if you do it differently all the time and you have this massive oversized ground sheet, you're just going to end up with it covered in holes over a a year or two of camping trips. Which is not necessarily a bad thing until they become big holes. If you've got little holes over a ground sheet, it's still, especially a mesh one, it's still doing the job. So I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Yeah. Um, we we focused a fair bit on ground sheets for camping tents, but hiking tents is we did touch on it before, but it is a slightly different story. And there are certainly some benefits to ground, the more so called footprints for yeah. hiking tents. Um, I think with a hiking tent, it's beneficial to have it because the floors are usually much lighter weight, and uh, they often put that lighter weight floor in with the consideration that you're going to use that with a footprint yep. Yep. to try and save weight because weight's a big thing. Mm-hmm. But you also have a lot of benefits with a footprint for a hiking tent in that you can, a lot of them, I, I use MSR Hubber, Hubber as an example and yep. there's a lot of tents out there, can be set up in multiple formats and one of them being the ground sheet or the footprint with just the fly sheet over the top and no inner. Yep. So you need the footprint 
not always. Some just use straps, but yeah, yeah. The, a hiking tent's a slightly different consideration to what we're talking about here. Correct. But you can just use. I mean, I know for many years I just used a. Um, I had a silver, um, slightly heavier duty space blanket. Okay. It was my space blanket, but it was also my ground sheet. Yeah, that's so a great it idea. Fit, it fit under my tent once again. It fit where I was sleeping or where I was sitting on the floor. Mm. I didn't worry about all the edges. Um, but that there was also a small tarp for wanted to sleep under it. it. It was silver on one side, blue on the other, so I could use it for emergencies. Yeah. Um, I could just sleep straight on that on the ground if I wanted, so I had multiple uses. So I didn't have a specific footprint, well. mm. but I had this that I just tucked under the, the high traffic area of the yeah. high contempt. I have seen people potentially use foam interlocking squares to go underneath their tents as well. And I'm not sure, I'm sure that that would be quite a functional option, but I'm not sure that that's something that I would commit to. I've never done it. My immediate thought is if it's wet, I'm going to end up with these soggy big foam, soggy things foam yeah. afterwards. Um, and do they actually stay linked together? I think we're from new, they're sort of linked together, but, but over time, they do older, they yeah. sort of soften and separate? Um, and you've got to put them all together each time. And there's all the, the long bits that go around the edge. Do you take them? Do you not take them? Mm. I think a ground sheet's an easier solution. But if you want actual padding on the ground, yeah, that's, that's true. A good option. Maybe a bit of insulative properties to a certain extent. I don't know. Yeah. Or Caravan Annex is foam as well. That's probably, it's it's not as thick, but that yeah. might offer a bit more insulative sort of. Yeah. Properties. It's sort of like um the stuff that you put inside your drawer. Yeah, the non-stick mat stuff. The non-stick mesh mat stuff. I've seen huge big annex mats like that. Yeah, it's usually caravans. It's a bit softer underfoot and things like that as well. Yeah, I don't know how they go on really rough ground. Being foam, they might Mm. deteriorate, but they're good for uh, caravans to put on, um, you know, if you've got concrete sort of ground where you set your caravan up or on on top of grass, that sort of thing. I do want to say full disclosure that after a recent trip, I have been considering getting some annex mat, like sea gear mat for annex matting and things like that, but – yeah, not sure if I'd ever get one for the for the kids' swaggers or anything like that. Expensive, but it's really good. I think mm. we said another. I said another episode. Didn't okay. know what it was for. A chopper pad yeah, or something. Chopper, yeah, helicopter yeah. landing pad. But they're expensive. They're like two or three layers and really good. But mm. but you can get. Um, I probably wouldn't be putting a tent peg through my sea gear mat. Oh, no way. <laughs> I wouldn't I'd, either. I'd want to be looking after that one. Um, but if you look after it, it lasts forever. But you can get certainly much more affordable options that. I don't like to. I don't like the disposable nature of it. But mm. if you decide to put a few tent pegs through it and you get some holes, you're going to get more than your dollars, more than your life out of it before yeah. it has to go to the the rubbish bin. And even then, you could probably chop it up and use it as small doormats and stuff as well. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Yep. All right. I think we've talked about ground sheets for long enough. There, it'd be good to know if you're a ground sheet user or not, and if you mm. have any of your own sort of tips and tricks or ways that you use your ground sheets or even just um you know if you're a swag camper what size ground sheet you have if you use one if you're a tank camper if you use ground sheets let us know what your setup is chuck yeah. it in the youtube comments or head to our facebook group different um, use cases help people to decide what they show. might want to use it for definitely yeah. and we always love a photo send us a photo oh yeah someone else's setup awesome <laughs> have a really great week and we will see you next monday let's go see you later